everybody, and welcome to another True Stories of Tinseltown, and we are doing the summer series on iconic love stories of the golden age of Hollywood, old Hollywood, classic Hollywood, however you call it. And I am here with my partner in crime and in juicy, uh, digging up the dirt, April VVA Whitaker. Thanks for coming, April. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Grace. It's always a pleasure to record with you. It is an absolute pleasure to record with you, too. Yay! Anyway, uh, I was telling April, but I had to do another, uh, I started over again, that last week we thought Betty and Harry were number four, but they were actually number five. And today we're on couple number six, and this couple is really, you know, they weren't together married long. They were mar- they were together prior to their marriage for a couple of years. They weren't married long, but what a relationship and what what lives they had together and apart. Uh, we're doing Ava Gardner and Frank Sinatra. Right, April? We are, and talk about a volatile relationship. But, I mean, you know, they, they definitely loved each other. You wouldn't be so volatile if you didn't love each other. You wouldn't put up with it. You'd have amscrayed a long time ago. You know, they, they tried. And um, they were both very passionate people. Most definitely. And that passion just kind of exploded once they got married. You know those couples who are, like, good with each other, but they should never get married? That's how I was look at Ava and Frank. Yeah, but they still they still had a lot of fights and a lot of stuff before they got married. They were very uh it, it was a weird kind of time for for them too. Um but we should start with Frankie Baby being born of Ita- from Italian immigrants in Hoboken, New Jersey. He's famous the Hoboken kid. Yes. Yes, so Frank was born on December 12th. 1915 to Dolly and Marty Sinatra. Um, Dolly is a very interesting person. Uh, She worked as a midwife. She um, supposedly had some kind of mob ties that helped her, you know, run a speakeasy. It's just, it's kind of nuts. And then, of course, Kitty Kelly has asserted that Dolly also worked part-time as an abortionist. Um, which you take that how you want, you know, sources Kitty Kelly. So I know people are going to argue with it, but just, I think there were other people there. who said it, but maybe it's because Kitty Kelly said it first. Who knows? Pro- probably. Yeah. Um, Frank, as people know, obviously had um, some scarring on his face. That was actually from his birth. He was delivered with forceps Ouch. and it actually perforated his eardrum. I didn't which know we did that. About I thought he had acne. No, he he had um, scarring from forceps, which, of course, people also re- usually know that that is why Sylvester Stallone has 
um, some scarring too is from a forcep delivery. Um, but yeah, it, it perforated his eardrum. So when you think of what he did, I mean, that's pretty amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And his uh, Dolly definitely wore the pants in the family. His father, um, was he a, a, a bartender? He was one of those people who had a bunch of jobs. He worked as a boxer and a fireman and a oh, bar yeah. owner. So yeah. he's yeah. just he's kind of jumping around. But for the sake of clarity, we'll just say he's a bartender. Yeah, I, I'm sure he quit boxing um, pretty early in his career. And definitely Dolly was the dominant one. And she was the, the one that kind of... I don't know, either made Frank want to push himself more or she helped push him, I don't know which, um, to get out of there. But Yeah, she she definitely, she wore the pants in the family. She definitely, you know, molded Frank into the person he became. Um, there's obviously stories of her not being the most loving mother, um, but... I think she did love Frank in her own way, if that makes sense. But she's she has a very domineering personality, and you know, supposedly Frank wanted to avoid being with somebody who was like Dolly, uh, which is why he turned down Lauren Bacall when, or I should say, broke up with Lauren Bacall after they got engaged. That loudmouth broad he called her. I could. They were just not. I think there were many reasons for that. I think that part of the fact was. There's a real uncomfortable picture. If I don't know if you've ever seen it with it's uh Bogey, Lauren Bacall, and Frank Sinatra. And Lauren is between them and it's sort of like interesting body language. But she said that Bogey always thought that he that Frank was in love with her and he was kind of jealous, but you know, Bogey was Frank's kind of idol. He loved him. So I think there was a lot of, yeah, she is a, she was, she was, she was a pushy broad. She was a very strong, dominating woman. She learned that and she was a strong woman. Take it as, as you will. But like you said, it makes sense that Frank did not want to marry. And I think there were a bunch of reasons, but definitely that was one of the biggies. Exactly. Um, Frank uh, went to David, he went, you know, through high school. Um, he went to A.J. Demarest High School, but it's now known today as the Hoboken High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he actually only attended 47 days, and he was kicked out or expelled, <laughs> I should say, for general rowdiness. Oh. Um, so then he went to business school after, you know, he got kicked out of high school, but he stayed for less than a year. And he really just kind of starts hanging around at, like, nightclubs and stuff. Um, he found jobs, you know, that he could sing, and he basically was singing for his supper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also would get cigarettes this way, which, of course, you know, smoking became a lifelong habit. Um but in 1935, his mom, being the very domineering woman she was, uh, she pers- persuaded uh, a singing group called the Three Flashes to let Frank join their group. Um, and according to one of the group members, Fred Tamburo, Frank would just kind of hang around with them, and he looked at them as you know, like they were godlike almost. Yeah. And the only reason they let him join the group was because Frank had a car and he could chauffeur them around. You know. (laughs) Um, 
So, you know, that that's kind of what happens. But, you know, Frank really proved himself. They go on uh, an amateur hour radio show. Frank becomes, you know, the head of the group. And it really is just kind of all up, you know, from there. Obviously, as we talked about in our last episode, last episode, um, Betty and Harry, with Betty and Harry James, Harry James really kind of gives Frank Sinatra his big break uh, when... Harry agrees to make him, you know, the band singer and everything. But Frank, after about a year, is like, oh, you know, I think I could do a lot better. So in 1939, he left Harry, and he kind of just goes out on his own. And, of course, Frank becomes an extremely popular singer. Um, but when did he marry his first wife? So Nancy. he married Nancy in 1939. Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy would have been 20, I believe, because it was only like a month before her birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a pretty good relationship until Frank goes to Hollywood and he just starts cheating on her nonstop. They have the three kids um, pretty boom, 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 right? It's not like... Yeah, so they have Nancy in 1940, and I believe they have Frank Jr. in... 1941 or 1942. Um, and, and then Tina's, Tina's the, yeah, and Tina's the baby of the family, and she comes around 1948. Oh, wow. I didn't know they were married um, that long. Yeah, no, they 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 went past 10 years, you know, that 10-year mark. Um, but they, they did, they were married for over 10 years to each other. But, you know. It wasn't a happy a marriage. And yeah, and he cheated. Right, and I. He cheats a lot. He's also, though, really involved with Nancy, even after they get divorced, but not from, like, a romantic standpoint. He's just, he, you know, counts on her quite a bit. Yeah, for her advice, um, she's, like, his hometown chick. She had mother of his children. And I know that he still went over there for dinner sometimes. And in Nancy's book, she wrote that her father and her mother still rekindled and had sexual relations for a while. That's Nancy's book, but she was very young, so I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. Maybe her mother told her that. Oh, oh gosh. I can't imagine discussing my, you know, sex life with my mom. Oh. Uh, or my mom discussing <laughs> her sex life. My mother did once. I'll life. never forget it. It was just a line, but it was enough. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Um, I, I just, I was looking over my notes and I see that Frank was actually born January 10th, 1944. So she basically had a kid with Frank every four years. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they, they have, I don't really want to say a happy relationship, but a comfortable relationship, I think is how I would describe it. She had to have um, known he was cheating. Yeah. And I think she genuinely thought that there was no way Frank would ever leave her for anybody. You know, she'd look to the, you know, she'd look the other way on these things and Frank would do his thing. But at the same time, Frank was, you know, coming home to her. Right. And of course, that's really what happened for about 10 years um, until obviously Ava comes into the picture. Um, Ava was actually born Ava Gardner. I mean, she's one of those people who got to keep her name. A gorgeous um, va 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 boom name, perfect for her. It, it sounds fat, fake, perfect. Yeah. Um, she was married on Christmas Eve in 1922 in North Carolina. 
Yeah, well, Frank was known as, you know, kind of the best-dressed kid in the neighborhood, and Dolly was known to, you know, dote all over him. Ava did not have that lifestyle. Um, her parents were poor tobacco sharecroppers. Ava had to pick cotton when she was growing up. Um, they were pretty strong Baptists. I, I hate saying it like this, but with a Gone with the Wind reference, when they talk about poor white trash, that's basically what describes Ava's family, according to Ava. She right, that's what Ava says coming. herself, yeah. Right, she she described herself as poor white trash. Um, but, you know, her parents were great, really, really strong family. Um, she was the youngest of seven kids. She she had a pretty, you know, decent childhood. It's a poor childhood, but they're a pretty happy family for the most part. Yeah. Um so Ava's sister, um Bappy. Beatrice moved up to New York when after Beatrice married a professional photographer named Larry Tarr. Larry obvious or famously I should say, not obviously. Larry famously takes a picture of Ava and he hangs it in his window and an NGM talent scout goes by it and he sits there and is like, Wow, you should, you know, set something up with her. Or, you know, you should give me your contact information and we'll set something up for her. So just kind of goes back and forth. Obviously Ava ends up going out to NGM she does a screen test. Louis B. Mayer watches it, and he supposedly sends a telegram that says she can't sing, she can't act, she can't talk. She's terrific. She's perfect. I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. a great line. Um, that, that's one of my favorite yes. lines. <laughs> um, so Ava goes out to Hollywood. She, you know, has a bunch of brief film appearances and of course she famously marries Mickey Rooney in 1942 um Ava's relationship with Mickey Rooney is not a happy relationship I don't think Ava was capable of having a happy marriage but Um, being married to Mickey Rooney oh she said (laughs) she just just married some of the worst men on the planet for her yeah so how old was she with Mickey, 18, 19? She's 19, 19. Um, and he's 21, and, right? And he's 21. And supposedly, according to Ava, they get married. Um, and then that, the night of their marriage, you know, which is supposed to be like a romantic affair. It, now, I, Mickey, I would love to know how many people, re- I'm sorry to, to crash him, but who really have a romantic wedding night after all the stress and everything else. Oh, yeah. Ain't that the truth? We passed uh, out. My husband, my ex-husband yeah, and I, we were no, like. I did the same thing. See you tomorrow. Going to yeah. Bed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, usually they at least sleep in the same room. <laughs> yes, that usually say. does happen. Um, but Mickey just spends his wedding night with Ava at the racetrack. Um, or, that's okay, or, you know, buddy, I know he's doing something with gambling. Um, but, you know, he's just sitting there and he just kind of does his own thing. He, Ava was a virgin. Thought, she was. He he cheats on Ava a lot. Um, it's just, it's not a good marriage. And it lasts, you know, just over a year. I think the um, piece of she 
uh, did she have appendicitis or something, but she was in the hospital. She came home and she found some chick's earring in her bed. I mean, he didn't even change his sheets. Mickey, yuck. And uh, that was it for her. She said, I'm sick of living with a midget. (laughs) Yeah, she's done done with her. Oh, gosh. Mickey Rooney must be, what, like five inches shorter than her, even without him? Yes. She was, I think, (laughs) 5'5", and I guess he's pushing 5'2". It's a riot. If you see them dancing, there's this great picture of Ava, and she's obviously not wearing the highest heels, but she's wearing high heels, and he's, like, up to her boobs. Yeah, he's a... There are a lot of questions as to exactly. Well, I should say there are a lot of questions. I mean, Mickey Rooney is one of the biggest stars in the world in 1942. Um, you know, the Andy Hardy films are extremely successful. Yeah, they they make a lot of money, but they don't cost a lot of money to make. Exactly. They can make them for next to nothing, and they make tons and tons of money off of them. So, you know, you can understand the appeal of Mickey Murray. If not physically, you can understand at least, you know, his star appeal. And he, he's a very charismatic person. Yeah. He's a very lovable person from a personality standpoint. He's uh, able to charm the pants off of a lot of people. But Literally. He did. Yeah. I, I want yeah, to say but this. He's kind of a louse. He is a louse, and actually, he wasn't that nice. But then he had a horrible end. He had elder abuse with his one of his kids, a couple of his kids, which is terrible. Downer. I'm sorry, but I just wanted to say about Mickey and Ava. Ava was very shy, and she didn't drink. And then they would go out at night, and Ava would start drinking so she could feel comfortable and have fun and relaxed. And, you know, she she got to like that. You know, she drank, and it she wasn't shy anymore. So she basically, and I'm not blaming him for that. It's just a lot of people do that. They're shy. They go out, whatever, someone's outgoing, and they drink to overcome their shyness. And she overcame her shyness, and she she liked to drink. Yeah, um, and of course it it doesn't go well. I mean, Ava basically just continues on drinking. Um, so their their marriage ends. It, it doesn't end happily. Yeah, Mickey Rooney and his personal life, especially as he got older, he was really like a crusty curmudgeon. Yes. Um, and then totally. of course, as you brought up, um, they're are allegations of elder abuse that come from his kids. Um, supposedly his wife, or his wife until he died, I should say, so his wife and her stepson were abusing Mickey. I don't know if you've ever seen it, um, Grace, but there were actually talks of putting Mickey in his own reality show. No. And, yeah. And then the pi- the pilot is on YouTube. Obviously the show wasn't picked oh up. And I mean, you God. can just see that sh- he's like, He's Mickey Rooney. He is just grumpy, and he just doesn't want anything to do with anything, and his wife is just staying there, you know, like... She's a giant. She's like six feet tall, this woman. He was together with her for years and years. Yeah. (laughs) I have to look it up. It's just, yeah, just look up the reality show. It comes right up on YouTube. Uh Um, So, Ava, you know, divorces Mickey in 1943. She's like, hey, you know, I'm done with this. And... She goes with Artie Shaw. Now, we have talked about Artie Shaw, actually, as well in our last episode, because he was with Betty Grable. And um, also Lana during our Blonde Bombshell yes. series. 
Um, yes. Yeah, so Lana was actually his wife before Ava. Um, and Artie is just a complete jerk. He's a good he, musician, but he is an arrogant yeah. swine. Yes, he's a great musician, but he's extremely arrogant. He likes to look down on the women that he's married to. He wants them to be, you know, these just great intellectuals. He's always pushing classical literature on them. You know, he wants them just to be the very definition of culture in their private lives. And then, you know, these raging sex goddesses on film. Um how did he meet Ava? Ava saw him probably. She went to a club or something, right? And they, they met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a trip. He was a, you know, he married a lot of these women. And I saw one of the things. He married Evelyn Keyes, who was in Gone with the Wind. But she was also married to John Houston. And she did a lot of noir. She was an interesting person. That's for sure, Evelyn Keyes. But we digress. I digress again. I'm sorry, everybody. But um, he was something else. And... I guess he had something to make these women swoon, these gorgeous, beautiful young women. Right. I mean, he's a nice-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, if if he didn't have his personality, if he had a nice personality, I would be like, oh, my gosh, you know, no wonder everyone's falling all over him. But his personality is just so difficult that it's, you know, it's just it is what it is, I guess. Um, but... Ava quickly realizes that Artie not only wants her to change everything about herself, but he's also a very verbally abusive partner. Calls her a moron. She, this is yeah. a funny part. She was reading Forever Amber, and he said, You're, he threw the book, trashed it to the side, and said, what are you reading? That is garbage. You know, like, like she's a moron. So like you said, he was... It, but there's an irony coming up later that we can mention. But... He was totally cruel to her, and I'm sure to, to Lana as well. Yeah, he's just, he's hes not a great person. Um, and as far as the um, Forever Amber thing, of course, he ends up marrying Kathleen Windsor. That's his next wife after the Ava. Writer of, yeah, <laughs> uh, right after Ava. Um, actually, the same year he divorces Ava, he marries Kathleen Windsor. Of course, Kathleen Windsor is the author of Forever Amber. What so a go jerk. figure. Yeah. He's, he's just, he's very difficult. Although I have to say his marriage with Evelyn Keyes lasted almost 30 years. Um, I, I saw a documentary know. and they were speaking and um, I think they even remained friends or something. They, they kind of moved away. I think they, they went to France or they moved out of the country. Um Yes. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, because they were married in 57, and I believe they divorced in, like, 85. That's amazing. Um, someone someone was able to tame Artie Shaw. So Ava's sitting there. She's, you know, getting over her divorce with Artie Shaw. She's going out. She's having fun. And then in, you know, late 1948, she starts going out with Frank. And, of course, this is, you know the heart of what we were talking about. Um, And Ava and Frank don't really try to hide their relationship, which of course being Frank is married is a very, you know, with kids. It's one thing if you're married, but you have three kids. Yeah. It's a very big to do. And of course, Tina's only, you know, 
Tina was born earlier that year. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there and he's going out with Ava, you know, pretty pretty publicly, you know, after they've been going out for a few months. He starts going out with her pretty publicly. Um, Gossip columns, so, rake, rake them over the coal, call her a home wrecker, and he's, he's just a horrible man. So Yeah, their relationship is not accepted by the press by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Although it is interesting, when they get further into the relationship, people start to actually kind of turn against Nancy a little bit. Um, Certain columnists will turn against Nancy and they'll say, oh, she's stopping true love from happening. You can't Um, hold a man that doesn't love you, that kind of thing. Did you? Yes. Allegedly, um, during one of their fights, Ava and Frank, Ava said, you never, ever asked your wife for a divorce. So they were both drunk and they drove to Nancy's and he said, tell her I asked you for a divorce. Tell her. And she she just sort of like said, never, you know, that he, she was going to give him a divorce and they left. But <laughs> can you imagine that one? Two drunks, Ava Gardner and Frank confronting Nancy, who was no shrinking violet, that's for sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it's a mess. Um, And I'm sure, in fact, I know you saw this telegram, the one from Willie Moore. Um, Willie was um, actually a mafia boss in New Jersey, and he sends Frank a telegram, and he goes, um, I am very much surprised I've been reading the newspapers between you and your darling wife. Remember, you have a decent wife and children. You should be very happy. Mind your own Uh, business, you know? Yeah, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, okay, so even the mob's like, no, you shouldn't be doing this. But, you know, it is, you can't stop love, I guess. No, um, but but so, their road to love, be, prior to their marriage, she does, um, She they break up or pretend to or have these fights, and Frank tries to commit suicide, but not really, and... Um, it's 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 not it's not good on valentine's day 1950 um nancy and frank announced you know they're that they're going to separate basically um he tells nancy he wants a divorce you know all all is well and good um you know he frank's touring around as like a nightclub singer at this time um, his career's on a downswing well. yeah and ava's on an upswing yeah um ava frank will give ava actually really extravagant extravagant gifts and you know ava's the one you know who's paying for her yes. own extravagant <laughs> gifts um <laughs> But anyway, he's, you know, sitting there. Um, Ava will go to a show. They just, they fight nonstop. He has one instance where they're both at this hotel. Um, the only thing, they're in, you know, adjoining rooms. Um, Ava is with her sister, Bappy. And all of a sudden, they hear this gunshot. Well, Ava does. Ava starts screaming and she runs into, you know, Frank's suite and she finds that he has blown a hole in the mattress. <laughs> um, but she thought he had killed himself because they were sitting there arguing. Um, it, it's, it's really nuts. They had such so, a tumultuous crazy and, and she would run out. And, and one time she ran out and she went to Artie Shaw's house. So he got m- crazy. They were in New York and Artie had moved there. And he went to Artie Shaw's house, but 
Ava was there and Artie was with that woman, Forever Amber Lady. I mean, it wasn't for some rendezvous. She was there, I don't know, just to get away from Frank or whatever mm-hmm. reasoning. But also he was allegedly uh, prior to Ava and maybe sometimes during Ava seeing Marilyn Maxwell. Yeah, so there, there's actually a story about that. Supposedly, actually, you know, a little bit later in their relationship, he's at a show, he's singing, Marilyn Maxwell's in the audience, and Ava's in the audience, and Ava takes some of Frank's things as being like signals to Marilyn, and it's just, it's a complete mess. Marilyn, also, um, she had a long-term relationship with Bob Hope. Yeah, Marilyn Maxwell's a very interesting person. She um, is. She she's just she's a very interesting person. I'll just say that. Um, so they're sitting there, um, and they just they fight all the time. Um, Ava goes off in March of 1950 to go film Pandora and the Flying Dutchman, and she starts a very a public starts a very public affair with this bullfighting you know, actor that's also in the film. Um, his name's Mario Cabre, if I'm remembering correctly or saying that correctly. Or Cabrera, Cabre, uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, and he he's reciting these really gooey love poems. Which she hated. The, She'd let. Yeah. Laugh. She would laugh. Them. <laughs> yeah, and he's sitting there, like, calling press conferences in his home so that the press can hear him recite these love poems. Um, one of them is just really creepy and it's only a couple, it's only two lines, but it's just how torrid was your blood when you caressed me and plowed your fingernails under my skin. I mean, it's just creepy. But also what was this thing with her and these bullfighters? Yuck. And Frank would say, what does she see in these guys wearing those funny hats? They wear these pants and in tights and ballet shoes. What is it with these guys? You couldn't understand yeah, the life of him. Nor just, could I. I can't. I can't understand it either. But uh, yeah, it's just it, it's a it's see it says um, there's a quote from Ava and I can't remember the source, but she basically says like the bullfighters are fine, but they're still boys. And I think she just kind of looks at it like. You know, these are people that I can have fun with and I don't have to have any sort of commitment with. You know what I right. mean? Um, April 26th of 1950, Nancy very publicly filed for separate maintenance and she also demands that Frank pay her alimony. Um, as part of this, she actually, um, you know, is like trying to divide up their community property and figure out. And Frank was smart. He uh, purchased quite a bit of property Palm over Springs. the years. Yeah. Um, and then that night he's singing at the Copa and he goes to sing and absolutely nothing comes out. He's just, his doctor comes, releases a statement the next day and says that Frank needs to take a rest. Um, I think the stress of his divorce from Nancy and what was going on with Ava with the bullfighter. I think is so just too. Really to him. It just, um, uh, Stress yeah, can do he, a lot he, to you, and you can just well, yeah, mo- most definitely. Stress does do a lot to you. Um, so Frank sits there and he flies out to Spain, and he's like, 
you know, because all the bullfighting press has come back to him, and, and Nancy has just filed for, the, you know, her separate maintenance suit. And so he flies out to Spain and basically says to Ava, you know, like, what are you doing? And she goes, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so they just, you know, fight back and forth. Um, Frank has tea with Princess Margaret. Um, Ava's not invited. You know, she's very openly snubbed. Wow. You know, and Princess Margaret was no sweet saint herself. You know what I mean? She had quite the life. Yeah, it's just, it's not going, it's, it's very interesting to see hypocrisy from people, isn't it? Um, and then Mario Cabrera is going out. He says he's going to publish his books. Um, it's a book that's going to be known as the Ava poem. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's kind of, it's a lot. We mm-hmm. should just say it's a lot. Um, so, you know, they're sitting there. Everything's not hunky dory, uh, but Ava and Frank get back together um, and kind of just act like nothing happened. Um, finally, on February 14th, 1951, exactly a year after, you know, their divorce intentions were announced and their separation, um, Nancy's just like, I'm done. She she serves Frank her official separation papers um, so that she can get, you know, basically so she can extend her legal separation from yes. him. Um, and he's just kind of still obsessed with Ava. Um, he, Ava and Frank, I can't, I don't think there's anyone you can really like use to describe their popularity. I guess the closest would be Brad and Angelina when they first got together. Or uh, Richard and Elizabeth, who we're going to talk about later. They had yeah. those two. What a story. Wowza. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's a lot. It, it's yeah. a lot. Um, Nancy sits there, you know, they're they're just kind of, you know, Nancy's kind of in the background right now. And the public, like we were saying, they kind of waver um, on stuff with Nancy during this time. Because, like, well, you know, Frank and Ava have been together for, you know, what, almost three years. And they're and saying, why like, do you oh. want somebody who doesn't love you? Why do you want to hold on to yeah. a man who just doesn't love you? anymore in that yeah, way. Yeah, and that, that's how, and that's even what Dolly Sinatra says to her. She's just like, what? he doesn't want to be with you. You know, you can't can't hold him back. So Nancy finally, you know, starts her stuff to get her divorce done. Um, and Nancy actually gets a pretty pretty good deal. She gets a third of all of his pay up to 150000 and then she gets a tenth of his pay for anything above that, and that's all before taxes. It's all gross pay. Um, she also gets their home. She gets um, stocks and Frank's publishing, music, like publishing, um, like record company. He basically has his own, like, publishing thing that he's doing. She gets stuck in that. She gets the custody of the kids. Um, she gets their, you know, shared gray Cadillac. And Frank just gets his Palm Springs house in the 1945 Cadillac convertible. Um, but Ava and Frank are finally free to marry. And, of course, being it's Ava and Frank, their marriage cannot go smoothly. Um, they're sitting there, and they decide, okay, you know, we can finally get married. 
And then the night before Ava's wedding, um, this is November of 1951, the night before Ava's wedding, she gets a letter from some random woman who says that she's having an affair with Frank. And she, in great detail, describes a lot of very... Um, Frank's genitalia man region. Yeah. His man meat. Something that no yeah. one would know. She, Poor Ava. I do, I'm reading. I, I was like, jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's, that's what happened. So she sits there. She has a six-carat emerald engagement ring, and she throws it out the window. And she tells Frank, hey, <laughs> In New you know, York. the wedding's off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's just like, the wedding's off. We're, we're not doing anything. And so Frank sits there, and he's like, please, you know, we, we're going to get married. He sends out, you know, his assistant to go and find the ring. And the assistant is searching for hours with a flashlight. <laughs> Finally finds thing. the ring. <laughs> yeah. Takes it up and he just goes, Oh, you know, here, Ava, here's your ring. And she readily accepts it back. So the next morning, the, you know, wedding party all decides, Hey, let's go to Philadelphia. You know, at this time, if someone said the wedding's off, there was supposed to be like a three day period. And then people could really think about it. Do they really want to get married? Um, and so, Ava and Frank are just saying, and they think, oh, well, we can just wave that, you know, away. And the judge is like, no, we can't do that. So then they start fighting with each other again. Um, and they're, you know, both throwing out suicide threats to each other. It's basically a complete mess. But then things cool down all over again. And finally, on November 7th, you know, 1951, at 5.30 p.m., the couple gets married. Um and it's just, it's just a real mess. Well, they have so that picture we'll of them walking on the beach. I guess they're in Atlantic City, right? And they're just this lonely walk, but not quite because someone gets a picture of them. And she has a, a sweater over her shoulder and they're walking down the beach. And um, Yeah. You know, going, they're doing their own thing. Um, and so they're finally married. But then, of course, they get married and I have seen their relationship decide as a bad war movie. <laughs> um, and I think that's pretty fitting. They they just, they can't stand being with each other. They just fight and stop. They love each other. They love each other quite deeply, but they just can't stand being with each other. It's like, um, it's like, like a said, combustible, a, a combustible kaboom. I mean, they have this passion where they love to be together and it can last a night or two or three and then they get drunk and then it starts and the jealousy and the accusations and all this stuff. It's just crazy. Right. And, you know, Frank's used to being the one in the spotlight and, of course, in this relationship Ava's the one who is receiving most of the attention from the public. Frank is Um, on the downswing big time. Right. Frank's just on, like, this downhill thing. Um, but, you know, they they love each other, and they just continuously go back and forth. Um, I think a big blow to their relationship was March of 52. That's when Universal cancels um, Frank Sinatra's contract with them. He had a contract where he would make three movies for 25000 apiece, Um he only made one meet Danny Wilson, and it completely bombed at the box office. Um, and then CBS said that they were dropping Frank's television show because Frank, you know, 
he wouldn't come to rehearsals and he was just kind of being a jerk. Arrogant. Um, and then he had a radio show called Your Hit Parade. He got dropped from that. And then MCA, his booking agency, also dropped him. And they also say, hey, by the way, you also owe us $40,000. Yes. And then finally the IRS comes in and says, you owe us $100,000 in back taxes. It's just not going well for Frank. And Ava is is covering the bills. And so I'm sure yes. she says it's okay, but then when she gets drunk, I'm sure, and they get mad at each other, they, I know they hit below the belt. These are two people, when they fight, they fight below the belt. And this is something April and I were discussing about relationships. I don't like to fight below the belt. Don't hit me below the belt. I won't hit you below the belt. I'll fight with you, but not nasty digging down, you know? And these two, I just know that, you know, like you said, he would get her these beautiful gifts, but she was paying for them. And, you know, they fight below the belt. And this is always tumultuous. So she gets, what year, Mogambo was 51, right? Mogambo's, I'm thinking of the snows of Kilimanjaro. She's doing the, um, the snows of Kilimanjaro. And um, she's sitting there and she's just like, oh, you know, Frank's with me nonstop, um, which had to be really hard for her. I mean, I have to say, I, I could not deal with my husband with me nonstop. I mean, I me would, either. I, would I am not that kind of a person. I've always been. Um, I like company until I don't. And and husbands are company, too, believe it or not. You know, you can't be the Bobsy yeah. twins. And if you are and you like it, good for you. But, ugh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. So... You know, during, while she's doing The Sons of Kilimanjaro, a very popular novel called From Here to Eternity is published. Um, and of course, From Here to Eternity, Frank's involved with that, but we'll get that into, into a little bit. Um, so Magambo is fil- filming in 1952, and Frank is with her again, just nonstop. It's like she can't get rid of Frank. Um, he's just been terminated from his contract with Columbia Records. It's just not going well. Um, so Frank's sitting there and he's, you know, really mopey and everything. And then he hears, oh, from here to eternity is looking to cast and he really, really wants a role in it. So um, Ava uses her considerable pull and she sits there and she goes, she calls up Harry Cohen, or she telegrams him, I should say, and she says, look, you need to give Frank this role or he's going to kill himself. And Cohen agrees to give it to him kind of by default. It's between Sinatra and Eli Wallach, um, and Wallach actually was going to receive the role. And then he has to back out because he's going to do um, Camino Real, which is a Tennessee Williams play on Broadway, and Frank, Frank was a better role. choice. Frank being the he, scrawny, he was, he was the best choice. I want to say though, prior to this, I I don't know. I mean, she ended up having two abortions around the Mugambo time, so he found out only about one of them. Um, right, so. He came there and she told him that she had gotten an abortion and he was devastated. And 
you know, she said, we, we just couldn't handle a kid. We couldn't take care of one. And then he comes back, they have sex. She gets pregnant again. And then she ends up having another abortion during the time, during Mogambo. And he never found out about that. He, he was filming from here to eternity. And allegedly, Ava was having a thing with like the lion tamer <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's... Um, she can't be alone. Um, Neither can he. They just can't be alone, these two. No, both of them need constant attention, and they want it from each other, and neither one can really realize, hey, this person cannot fulfill my emotional needs. So um, it just, it's a huge fight. Just everything's an entire fight. Um, finally, Ava just gets sick of it. She's like, she, Frank calls her and it's basically, he calls her while he's apparently in bed with another woman. Oh, yeah. Ew. Yeah. And um, Ava's, Ava's done. This is the end of 1953. Ava is just completely done with it. She's just like, nope, not doing it. Well, his career um, came back full-fledged after From Here to Eternity. Yeah, he and wins the Oscar. Tizzy goes there. Babes are falling all over him again. And yeah, he he's just he's he's just back on top. Right. Um he calls Ava from you know, why is it open there a woman? She's just absolutely done. That's She's so disgusting. Like, I know someone who did that in real life. A disgusting person. I'm, and she stayed with him. It took her so long to finally dump him and she has the most wonderful husband now. That's just a tidbit. That you guys don't know the person, but it does happen in real life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's just, that, that's just nothing. Mm -hmm. Ew. So, end of 1953, Ava's sitting there. She's like, I, I'm done. She she goes to Rome two months before she has to to film The Barefoot Contessa, um, which, of course, The Barefoot Contessa was supposedly pulled a fair amount from Rita Hayworth's life. Um mm -hmm. But it also ended up mirroring, you know, Ava's life. Um, it's actually one of my favorite movies. It's the first Ava movie, uh, Ava movie I ever saw. And it's just, I, like, I think it's great. I love that movie, but my favorite Ava movie is Night of the Iguana. Night of the Iguana is very good, too. Um, I think Barefoot Contest is one of those movies. It's because it's the first one I saw, and she's just so radiant in it. Oh you know what God, I mean? Oh, my God, is she gorgeous. And she's doing that. Um, we were talking about what? What was it again? I thought it was a tango, but it's not. It's that other dance. Oh, the flamenco. The flamenco, where she dances alone, and she just fell in love with Spain. She and Bogie did not get along very well. They um, they didn't. So Bogie is one of Frank's closest friends, mm -hmm. um, and of course, Bogie and. Frank had been having one of their, you know, buddy drinking binges, which is how Lauren gave them the name of, well, you guys look like a darn rat pack. Um, and Bogey just sits there. He makes a lot of digs towards Ava for the people she's dating. He's not nice to her. And um, while I do not condone his treatment of Ava in any way, I can also see where he's coming from with it, if that makes sense. Yes, um, because um, he, it's his friend, and he's hearing one side of the story and whatever. Also, Frank sent with Lauren, 
it was Ava's birthday, going to be Ava's birthday, and he sent her favorite kind of cake. It was this coconut cake from the bakery that he would get it. And and Lauren, you know, sat with it, brought it all the way, and gave it to Ava, and Ava just shoved it aside, and that was that. You know, and that was like exclamation point, Frank Sinatra. But they, you know, they they got the movie made, but it was not any, you know, they weren't pals by any means. Right. And I mean, I like Bogey, but there's this story, and I'm not saying this 100% true or anything, but she goes around and supposedly there's a break in filming. He meets up with Ingrid Bergman, and he says to her, you are the top of the heap. You are a great star. Now look at you. What are you? He says to him, a happy woman. Um, you know, and I think Bogey was very, even though Bogey was would cheat on his spouses he didn't condone cheating with other people it's one of those things do as i say not as i do yeah um not really great you know he and i think it was especially directed towards women because men are looked at as like oh well men are going to cheat you know what i mean yes but women are looked at as like oh my gosh why are you cheating um so bogey's actually pretty pretty mean to ava um at certain points during filming but like you said they get the movie done um and ava and frank ava and frank are going to get divorced at this point you know this is late 1953 early 1954 it's early 1954 um they're going to get divorced at this point and ava says hey you know what Frank needs to pay me back for all the expensive gifts he bought me <laughs> with my own money. And Frank's like, I'm not doing that. So they go out with each other sometimes. Other times they, you know, most of the time they can't stand each other. But their marriage finally does end in 1957 um, after you know, four years of divorce proceeding. Yeah. It does end in 1957. And Ava doesn't marry anyone after Frank. I mean, she has some whirlwind romances and she's proposed to God only knows how many times. Yeah. But, you know, she's just done. And she says in her autobiography that Frank is the love of her life. Well, um, a lot Frank, of the thi- uh, I'm sorry. I just wanted You're to fine. say the people that she went with, none of them were superstars. None of them, you know, there was like some Italian comics and then, you know, some of the bullfighters, another bullfighter. And, you know, those are the kind of people she went out with. And also during Night of the Iguana, they were shocked. She went out with this young Mexican guy, not one of the cha-cha guys in the movie, but um, he lived with her and he used to beat her up. And he was this young little skank. So, you know, she did not like to be alone, but I don't think she wanted to give her heart to anyone. She she kind of put armor there. I think she, because mm-hmm. it hurt too much. So she put that big armor and, you know, she she thought if she and Frank had moved to New York, maybe it would have worked. Obviously, it would not have worked if they went there or that what they moved out of the country. They they Like I said, you know, they continue to see each other here, there for two days and then they start fighting again. And she comes come here and he really saw that she had become um, an incredibly heavy drinker. It wasn't just you know, a couple nights a week. This was an everyday thing. And um, that kind of turned him off a little bit of Ava. And But he loved her, and she loved him, but they could not be together. 
And people don't yeah, get that, but I do. Yeah, and it's just one of those, you, you, they just, you can't be, some people can't be together. Um, I'm going to say, even though, you know, Ava drank extremely heavily, her looks, you know, weren't as affected as you would think they would be. Um, you know, she, she looked pretty good, you know, even as she got older, um, which obviously not everything is based on looks, but I mean, she's just one of those people who was eternally beautiful. She was very beautiful. And, um, um, you know, they were always in contact. If she needed money, he'd give her money. I mean, he may... After her, he married Mia Farrow, and she said, I always thought Frank would end up marrying a little boy. And, you know, then she always held out thoughts that they would get back together until he married Barbara Marks. And then she knew, forget it, Charlie. You know, he's going to stay there. He's There's no hope for us getting back together. And yeah, think, and- go on. Oh, I was just going to say, and, you know, Frank was extremely involved with her life. I mean, he was, you know, figuring out her finances until she died. Yeah, and he was sending her stuff, and he would call her, and even after she had the stroke when she couldn't talk, he would be on the other end of the phone speaking to her. And, um, you know, Barbara wasn't too thrilled about it, but I think even in Barbara's book, she wrote that Ava was the love of Frank's life and vice versa. They never got each other out of their systems. They just had such a violent love. And uh, most of us never experience that kind of love. And uh, Which is a good thing. A good thing, yeah. It, it's just high, the highest of highs and then, uh, you know, the lowest of lows. And for them, it was like a roller coaster, wasn't it? They didn't even have like a long, steady period of great, you know, it was like great stinks, great stinks, great stinks. It was like, yeah, every couple of days it would change. But when she did go out with George C. Scott and he beat the crap out of her and she still was with him, whatever. And then when she finally didn't want to go with him, allegedly Frank sent some of his uh, mob friends and he had a talk with George. And that was the end of that. He never bothered Ava again. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, as Difficult as their relationship was, they they really did love each other. Um, it was just, it was a very, it's an ill-fitting relationship. Right. It was not uh, a healthy relationship, we'll put it that no, way. No, not at all. And obviously we are in no way condoning abusive relationships. No. Um, but, you know, they they did love each other. I think if there had been... Um, more modern takes on marriage counseling and some anger management on both sides and a Betty Ford clinic on both sides, they might have been able to make it work. Um, you know, and then after his marriage to Ava, Frank is pretty adamant about how he doesn't like it when women drink. Um, it's just, it's a complete mess. Yeah, because that's what he said. He went out with, he visited her, he hated Spain and he, he they had a couple of nights together, but he saw how drunk she got and he saw that she had become an alcoholic. It wasn't that she was just drunk. This is something that she did all the time. It didn't matter. So, and alcohol, it's okay if you're in your 20s and you get drunk. I'm not saying it's okay, but you know, you kind of get it. 
you know what I mean? And maybe your early 30s. But when you start drinking 30s, 40s, and you're a 50-year-old woman and you're getting bombed and, you know, you're, you're, you don't know how to get home or you're picking up gypsies off the street to come do the flamenco up in your apartment with Juan Peron downstairs, it's just, yeah, you know, not something you should be doing. So... Basically, she had to get out of town. She she left Spain for England. She they they were tired of her there, quite frankly. Yeah, she um she definitely you know it's bad when you overstay your stay in Spain. Yes. She outdid um, her welcome. She, it was like they wanted her gone. Yeah, she you're I mean, you're right. She basically got run out of the country. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's very, very complicated. Um, but at the end of the day, they did love each other. You know, they really, they really, you know, had something between the two of them, but they're just one of those couples that weren't destined to be married to each other because it would end in disaster. Yeah. You know, maybe one of Frank's suicide attempts, but well, he made many. And you think of it, um, I interviewed this woman, Irene Sue, who um, went out with Frank after Mia. He introduced her to Mia. And um, she met, she said he was, he Nancy was numero uno. He loved Nancy. And then Tina. And then, like, she said, I never heard him talk about poor Frank Jr. And um, oh. poor Frank. But um, Nancy told her, my, fa- my father's love of his life. This woman was maybe 21 when she went out with Frank or f- 22. Uh, you know, like Mia's age. And Mia was a weirdo, she said. And um, uh, his daughter said, Ava, was you would never see a more beautiful woman in your life. Looking at Ava mm-hmm. Gardner, she told this uh, Irene that, and um, uh, if you read her book, it's interesting. She, you know, we, our interview wasn't so great because it went too much into uh, we didn't get to the point of all the juicy stuff, but her book is great. Um, and she she was with Frank and met you know a lot of the old guard, but you know she was a kid. She was a kid. And just like Frank, look, he always took care of the women. Like you said, he he still hung with Nancy, uh, senior, the mother. Did you know that Nancy and Barbara Stanwyck were BFFs? They were great friends. They were best friends. I learned something new every day. Yes. And of course, you know what they say? That they were lesbians. (laughs) Nancy never got married. And hence, she was part of the sewing circle. So she was a lesbian along with Barbara Sterling was a lesbian. Uh, so, you know, it, it, <laughs> it never ends, right? Yes, the, the wonderful argument of who was gay and who was straight in Hollywood. And the new thing of even if the evidence is predominantly that someone was one way or another, you cannot assume that's how they were. Go figure. I don't know. You know, I always say allegedly, but I think that was silly. You know, they're best friends, and all of a sudden Nancy didn't remarry. She had everything she needed, and allegedly she was still every once in a while stupid Frank. So, but then look at Mia, and this is something to talk about with Frank. That kid has about as much Woody Allen in him as he has an aunt, Jean. You know what I mean? <laughs> this Ronan Farrow. 
Mm-hmm. He's Frank's. There is no get and and even um Nancy, his daughter, said, Oh, he's very special to our family, Ronan. He looks just he looks like both of the parents, but if you see him, he looks so much like Frank, it's unbelievable. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I sit there and I'm just like, I can really see where she takes after Mia. And then you realize how much Mia and Frank look alike. Right. But where's Woody Allen? Does he have Woody's toes? I mean, where's Woody Allen there? There is no Woody Allen. And so I don't know if he's Frank's or if Mia just spawned a male version of herself. I know. This Um, this is just, okay, I'm going to say allegedly this has been brought to people's attention. And I'm just saying that if you look at certain angles, Frank in the hat, the hairline, yes, they do look a lot alike, Frank and Mia, in in certain ways. So, um... He looks nothing like Woody. I mean, I think we can both agree he looks absolutely nothing like Woody. Unless he has funky toes, four toes or something. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, but Frank took but care of her. He said that once when uh, when Woody and Soon Yi ran off, Frank wanted to know if she wanted um, him to have someone break his legs. You know, that's so romantic. You know, he never forgets. He'll have people beat you up, beat them up for you. But she didn't take him up on the offer. Um, no. But that's Frank for you. Barbara? He, he's one in a million. I don't think he was happy with Barbara. Um, maybe for a while. But I know the kids say that she was terrible and that, you know, when he died, they would have had plenty of time to get to see their father. And she didn't call them until after he had died. Yeah, I think um, I think sometimes when you have relationships like that where the other person is very famous but more than a couple years older than their spouse, um, a lot of times as the younger spouse becomes older too, they can be a little more controlling. Um, and I think you see that with the Mickey Rooney relationship. And right. And the same with wife. Barbara, because he, she definitely, I think ruled the roost at that point after he, mm-hmm. after a certain point. And I don't think she was that much younger than Frank. She, to me, she looked older because she had that bouffant hairdo, you know, and, and, you know, she wore like older woman clothes so I think he met her when she was in her 40s, but she dressed like, um, I don't know. She was with Harpo oh, Marx. No, I, no, I'm definitely not saying that she was like 10 years old. Um, let's see. They got married in the 70s, I believe. And I think Barbara was a little bit younger than Marilyn. So he was probably about... 12 or 13 years, you know, I mean, I mean, because people forget too. I mean, Barbara was also married to Zeppo Mark. Yeah. She was a showgirl. Mm-hmm. And that's when he met her. Not Frank, but Zeppo. Yeah. And I think, um, but I think when you get with people, you know, like that, um, and like I said, I mean, I'm not quite, I mean, obviously she's not 40 years younger, but when you get with people like that, who, you know, go with somebody who is, you know, a little bit younger than them as they trying to kind of word this without sounding horrible but as they start to go downhill the younger spouse tends to take over does that make sense yes that's not being mean that's pretty right on the money um 
you know, and I think that's what happened with Frank. I mean, you know, she's sitting there. He died in what, 1998-ish? 98, yeah. I think. The kids didn't ever <laughs> like Barbara. So it's like Barbara wasn't like really aching to get them there. They never liked her. Um, right. And it's like with Frank, I mean, he was, what, 83? And she, I, I'm looking at up. Yes, he would have been 83. And mm-hmm. she would have been 61. Wow. That can't, that can't be right. Um, let's see. Or 70. She would have been 71. Yeah, 71. So it's like, even though she's older and everything, you know, I think people think, oh, well, you know, like, she's calm because she's older. You know what I mean? But I think as he started to go downhill, she, you know, was able to, like, take the reins, if that makes sense. Yes. And that included Um, keeping the kids out of certain things because they didn't like her. And obviously, she didn't like them. So... It was, yeah, but it's, it's just, funny. They it liked Mia. Isn't that amazing? They liked Mia, the girls. I mean, Mia's basically their age. Right. So. They liked her for their father. Um, they also liked Ava. Yeah. I, it says a lot that no one likes Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I tried reading Barbara's book. I didn't care for it, if I'm honest with you. I think that Barbara... Um, very evidently has an axe to grind. And I think that, um, not with Frank, I think she has an axe to grind with everyone in Frank's family. Right. And, um, I just, I don't know. I just don't think she was a happy, a happy person, but you know, I mean, look, Barbara died, I think in 2017 Mm -hmm. and I believe Dolly died in 2018. I mean, she was by her mother a lot. The mother, Dolly, died in a plane crash. In did she die in a plane crash? Yes, yes, yes. She was going to see Frank, and she died in a plane crash. I'm trying to think which one lived to be 101. I know one of them lived to be 101. Maybe it was no Barbara couldn't been 101, but one of them lived to be really old. You're right. Dolly lived till 1977. I don't know which one's in my head that lived to be 101. Go figure. My brain's not working. Well, we have a lot of people we're talking about here, there, and everywhere. I know who we're talking about. I'm talking about Barbara Sinatra, not Dolly. Barbara, his first wife, lived to be 101. Oh, yes. Yes, Barbara, the first wife. Yes. There's too many Sinatras in this conversation. <laughs> yes, but they love their mother. And Nancy's no, you know, she's pretty um, out there on Twitter and political and doing her thing. And um, there's a nice story. Once Tina Sinatra was in Spain and Ava and she, Ava didn't know how she would feel, but they got together and they had a lovely dinner together and wine. And someone said, and Ava was so thrilled. She said, oh, is this your daughter? Ava was very proud that someone thought that that was her daughter. Frank's daughter was her daughter. And she wrote that, or I don't know if it's in her book that she wrote herself or the book that the guy was writing. And then she said, I don't want to write it anymore. Um and there's also a new Ava book out, which I'm going to read, believe it or not, because she, to me, she's fascinating to me. And as is Frank. Yeah, no, they're they're both really fascinating. Ava Gardner, um, I just love Ava. So do I. She's one of those people. I just think she's 
super, super great. And down to earth. She was never imperious. She just was one of the, you know, she... She wanted, to, I don't know, I, I just really like her. And as we were saying yesterday, of the 40s queens of Hollywood or, or that, she and Lana had some lives. Those two were the wowza of lives, I think. And then later, Elizabeth Taylor took over for them. But they had some amazing lives. And I'm going to be rereading Lana's book. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's definitely a great book. I mean, I had- I 100% recommend reading it again, over yes. and over again. I read Mommy Dearest again. Did you? Yes. That's a, that's a, that's a conversation for another day. Well, that, like we said, we're going to do the series, and we'll start with Mommy Dearest. Our next series we do, whenever that is, is going to be, you know, Mommy Dearest, Daddy Dearest, you know, like Betty Davis's daughter wrote a book. All these people who wrote books, you know, she sort of got it rolling. And so we're going to discuss that. But it's, you know, that's something to discuss. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing your opinion on that one. Yeah, I think that'll be a, a fun thing. The the kids who had it grind to act and the ones who put their parents on a pedestal. There is no in-between. No, no. And there there are some really juicy books. And I'll tell you that, Betty Day, <laughs> wait till we talk about BD. That's one I really, I'm trying to get the, the woman um, she wrote Me and Miss D, and she was her, Betty's um, personal companion, assistant. yeah, yeah. towards the end of her life. She wrote a really good book, and I'm trying to find her and trying to get her, and hopefully, fingers crossed, she'd come on the show. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I would love to have her on the show. She'd be fabulous. Yeah, no, that, that would be great. Um Betty Davis is a very interesting person, and I don't believe for a minute that she turned into a demon, so there's that. Yes, she turned into a demon right before Beatty's eyes, but funny how Beatty didn't write that 25 years ago in her book. She wrote, she did it 25 years ago on her, did you ever see her YouTube channel? Uh, she's like this no, holy I, roller times 50. She still has this ba- her hairdo from the 70s, and it's bouffant, and she became this real... Uh, and I'm not making fun of Holy Roller people, but the BD, my mother became a demon in front of my face and her nails grew and she cackled and she actually transformed into a demon. But she didn't happen to write that in her book I fi- and mentions it 30 years later. I find that a little suspect. I think BD was looking for a little uh, attention. Oh, uh, okay. Anyway, um, Frank and Ava, yeah. we love them. <laughs> I didn't know this existed. I'm kind of amazed right now. Like, I knew she was a very um, zealous in her religious. Oh, you didn't know she has this humongous, and she does this whole rant on her mother turning into a demon. I put it on my um, page on Facebook, and it's just like, oh, get out of here. Oh, yeah, no, I I saw the the rant, but I didn't know she had her own YouTube channel. Now I'm going to go watch it. (laughs) Well, watch a little, you'll die. It's just like, you know, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Not not cool, but um, she is who she is, and that's what she turned into. And that was, I think that's the way she makes her money now, through donations. And I think when she said that Betty was a demon, I read about people believing it. And, um, you know, they send money to BD. She's something. 
All right, Grace. Well, I have to say, as always, it's wonderful to record with you. And you too. I'm sorry, everybody. We went here, there, and everywhere. But I think we put a lot of tidbits out there, <laughs> even if they weren't just about oh, even definitely. Frank. Yeah, we put a lot of stuff out there. And um, I hope you enjoyed it. And next week, we will have another love story that'll probably have a horrible tragic ending, too. <laughs> yeah. Or but, tragic love stories. That should be the series name, Tragic Love Stories. Yes. Yes. Tragic, iconic love stories of classic Hollywood. That is yes, perfect. we got this. Because there's, you know, there's the really good love stories or they're few and far between and generally they're boring because they never cheated. They never did anything. So, and for, and for those who are married a long time, I don't mean that your lives are boring. I'm just saying it's it's... You know, it's beautiful to have a lifelong love, but it's very rare in Hollywood and lifelong loves don't exactly uh, sell the funny papers or the tabloids or anything like that. You know what I mean? So, Or the books. So um, yeah. that's what we're doing. And anyway, I hope you all enjoy it. I hope you like the new song. I think it's so cute. And, and the two of them singing and it's just adorable for me. Anyway, <laughs> and I hope you like it. And thank you, everybody. And especially thank you so much to April Vivier Whitaker. I love you, girl. Thank you. I No, thank you for having me, Grace. I love you, too. As always, I have the best time when I get to talk to you. Me, too. I mean, I feel like, you know, I, I was not feeling the best today, but I just feel invigorated. How's that? I'm you gonna, know what? That's what Frank and Ava will do to you. Yes, I'm going to go. Well, I'm going to have a drink and I'm going to do the flamenco in the living room with air conditioning on because I'm not in air conditioning because it makes too much noise. So I'm ready to go. Ole. <laughs> I look forward to the video footage. Okay, I'll send it. Uh, I got that purple stuff in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, in April. Thank you so much, and till next week. Bye. Listen to the stories of Tinsel Tales.